Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. It is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Rhonda Rockstra. Democrat presidential candidates spread out across New Hampshire this weekend ahead of Tuesday's primary, a day after the top candidates held another debate in Manchester, sparring with each other. Dr. Sebastian Gorka says, this isn't your grandfather's Democratic Party. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you could have been a pro-life Democrat. You could have been a hawk. Uh, you could have been strongly anti-communist uh, like JFK, pro-national defense, pro-securing the border. Today, all of these things would get you blackballed, uh, excised out of the Democrat Party. China is recording more confirmed cases of the new coronavirus as the death toll grows now 722 on the mainland. Among the casualties, a 60-year-old American in Wuhan at the epicenter in central Hubei province. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Salem Communications holding corporation stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC from time to time will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents that are responsible for any and all taxes. For full contest rules, see this station's website. Another hour with the headliner, Mitch Berg, coming up next year on AM 1280, The Patriot, just after 2 p.m. in the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. We recently launched a daily newsletter. It's called the Daybreak Insider. It's for all of you people who are very busy out there, of which there are many of you. It's your first look at today's top stories. It's detailed yet concise, and you can subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. Just use the keyword subscribe. Your forecast calling for a clear afternoon, 18 for the high, a chance of snow overnight, and into Sunday. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, which celebrated its 18th birthday this past week. More about that later on in the hour here. A bunch of anniversaries to talk about here. That's just one of them. Anyway, I'm in today. Brad Carlson back tomorrow uh, in his usual slot from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, here on AM 1280, The Patriot. King Banyan every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. We're the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Deal with it. Dominating Twin Cities weekend radio, which really means dominating all of Twin Cities media. Well, last week I interviewed Tom Funk, uh, mayor of Victoria, Minnesota, who's running for uh, to replace Senator Scott Jensen in Senate District 47 in the far southwest metro. And, of course, inasmuch as it's west of Lindale Avenue and ergo may as well be South Dakota to me, I, I totally blitzed on the fact that another Longtime friend of this broadcast is running for that same seat. My pleasure to welcome to the show today uh, Chanhassen City Councilwoman Julia Coleman. Julia, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mitch. It's so great to speak with you. Great to have you as well here. So first of all, you uh, were one of the bits of good news in the 2018 elections here. You got elected to the uh, Chanhassen City Council. How, uh, how is life in Chanhassen? What's, uh, what's, what's life as a city councilor in, the, in, in that part of the far southwest metro? Yeah, it's been great. It's I jumped right in with a high-profile case, as you know, the legendary prince did not leave a will, and so there was some disputes over what is going on with his property, which, uh, fun fact, is in Chamhassen. And so we dealt with a high-profile case right off the bat, 
And it's been a great uh, time on council getting to not only learn about all these interesting topics going on in Chanhassen, but also, you know, seeing how the sausage is made uh, and, and fighting for conservative principles along the way. It's one thing to be a voter and to talk politics with people. It's another thing to, to put your money where your mouth is. It absolutely is. And by the way, actually, I kid you not, I have not been to the greater Chanhassen area for probably five or six years. I actually wound up driving through there this last week. Uh, I love what you've done with the place. Keep up the good work there. Um, and, and by the way, if I could suggest perhaps uh, maybe turning Paisley Park into, I don't know, Paisley Parkland theme park for those of us who are dying to see the play. Just a suggestion. Anyway, uh, Julia Cullen, so you are, uh, you, you've been uh, making some of the sausage in uh, Chanhassen, actually getting your hands dirty with small-town politics. Actually, no, large suburb politics. Uh, Scott Jensen announced his retirement uh, in the in Senate District 47. What has prompted you to try to throw your hat in the ring for State Senate? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I get a chuckle when people say, why did you want to run? And the honest answer is I was seven months pregnant with my first child when Scott announced he was retiring. I didn't want to. That's right. I, I was happy with what I was doing and was already, uh, you know, focused on a big life changing event. And I told people no, initially, uh, it's not the perfect time for me. And a couple of months went by and the more I thought about it and the more I talked to people, I realized that there are so many issues that are going to affect my son, Adam, and his generation that the left are going after right now. And just because the timing wasn't, you know, I'm doing air quotes right now, perfect for me, could I really sleep at night knowing that I'm sitting out of the fight for his future, for that generation's future, for the future of Minnesota uh, it seemed selfish to sit out. And so I announced on a Wednesday that I was going to hop into this race. Well, I couldn't really hop. I was very pregnant at the time, but I was getting into this race. And uh, the following Wednesday, my son was in my arms. Two Wednesdays after that, he was in his little car seat and his, at his very first campaign event. We didn't take time uh, off because there's too much at stake. Uh, we're in this together as a family. Wow. Yeah. So, so that and by the way, that has got to be the most perfect campaign prop of all. You don't have to kiss anyone else's baby on the campaign trail. You, <laughs> you got your own right there with you. And, and who could? It's, it's. I mean, any Democrat up against you is going to have to haul a litter of puppies around to, to be able to compete. Oh, <laughs> he's very kissable, and you know, he's he's so good with people that I, I like to have him near me. I try to bring him to every event I can, and he's gotten so used to getting pass from person to person and he he absolutely loves the attention <laughs> yeah they're, they're a little like that oh that's excellent so uh let, let's talk a little bit about uh about the the district you're looking to represent in the senate here of course scott jensen uh is there right now he's announced his retiring he's a he's a republican so whichever republican wins uh it won't be a flip it'll be a hold uh and that's what we're looking for as as the the burbs seemed after the midterms to be moving just a little bluer shade of purple here. Tell us a little bit about the about Senate District 47, the, the challenges and opportunities that you're seeing uh, in trying to run for office in that district. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my campaign was a small, bright spot in a year when Republicans lost everything. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is we, it's our fault. We don't know how to message to the largest voting block in our state, which is the millennial generation, people like my husband and I, who were educated and lived in the Twin Cities and decided we wanted to start a family and moved out west, which is why that blue circle over the Twin Cities keeps growing bigger and yeah. bigger and eating up more and more of the, the suburbs. And so we lost, you know, a, a, a big chunk of Chanhassen went blue. The, the chunk that is actually in the Senate district went purple. They bridged a nearly 30-point gap in one year. Wow. And while the western part is still fairly red, it's not the Electoral College. It's not like the eastern portion and the western portion each get a vote. It's by popular vote. And the eastern portion is growing so fast that it could arguably and easily carry the rest of the district and the left they, they smell blood in the water, and now they're coming after the whole thing. The young woman running for the DFL side on the Senate, she's raising money. She's working hard. And so is the, the gentleman who is running against Greg Bowe on the, the DFL side of things. They, whoever 
have told the two representatives, uh, Greg Bowe and Jim Nash, if uh, whoever gets the endorsement, I hope you're ready, because if it's me and I get that endorsement on March 14th, we're going door knocking March 15th. That's how seriously we have to work. And we need to be able to reach that largest voting generation or we are going to lose Carver County. It is no longer one of those seats where you can just sit back and assume it's going to go red. And if you'd have said that 10 years ago, I'd have said that's just about as crazy as as thinking that the 8th Congressional District would ever vote for a Republican. So things have changed drastically throughout the state of Minnesota. Chan Hassan uh, and Senate District 47 is is certainly the, the crux of that change. So you mentioned the, the great shortfall Republicans have in terms of speaking to millennials. You and your husband being millennials, uh, let's ask, how do you message millennials as a as a Republican? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And it's something I've been doing since my, my first job out of college. And, and even during college, I, I survived uh, the, the U of M, came out a Republican still, and worked on Republican causes while I was there. Uh, and my first job out of college was working with Charlie Kirk at Turning Point USA and Morton Blackwell, the Leadership Institute, going to liberal college campuses across the country and recruiting these students to conservative causes. And it's it's by messaging conservative principles in a way that is digestible to them. You can stand on a campus or you can campaign for small government and lower taxes all you want. But for my generation, that's going to fall on deaf ears. It has to be relatable. So when I'm sitting down with another set of parents, and this is just an example, I'll say, well, how much do you pay a month in child care? And when they're saying two, three thousand dollars, so, you know, including inflation, you're paying twice as much as your parents paid for you to go to daycare. And that's because Dayton and his, his administration pretty much regulated in-home daycares out of existence. Now there's a shortage. So you're paying twice as much for care that's not necessarily better. And then they start to think, OK, this is the way small government can help me and my family. When you start talking about how lower taxes helps their family budget or local control helps them, you know, with the schools that they're putting their children into and talking about how Republican principles are really going to help their family succeed, that's when the wheels start turning. That's when they stop looking at the deer that are behind someone's name and start looking at the ideas. I think that's how you get that voting block. Two or three thousand dollars a month. I remember when I had little kids and and didn't have a whole lot of money, and looking at eight hundred dollars a month and thinking that was completely outrageous. And those seem almost like the good old days. Now you would actually do better sending your infant to the University of Minnesota financially, at least. I mean, that's 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 a, a, a insane. Uh, so okay, so Julia Coleman, you uh, that's that's going to be a, a, a obviously a big issue, something that the Republican Party is going to have to uh, come around on at as you point out here. So let's talk about uh, should you win uh, the election? Should you get the the endorsement and win the election against the opposition we've already talked about and go on to say, uh, go on to St. Paul? What can the voters of your district count on a Senator Coleman uh, to do? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. There's a lot of issues that I'm really passionate about. Uh, first and foremost, uh, since I work in health, innovation, and care, Minnesota's largest in- industry, uh, keeping Minnesota's largest industry and improving health care uh, in Minnesota is really important to me. Uh, working with these companies that are solving some of healthcare's biggest challenges and using the free market to do so is something I'm very excited about. And I don't want to see those companies go to other states because we're taxing them out of existence or regulating them out of existence. Um, And, you know, in that same vein, that falls with something I'm really passionate about, which is encouraging economic growth on city council. I helped push for the first ever Economic Development Commission in Chanhassen. Actually, my election victory was the deciding vote on that, because I know that when businesses tell us where government is getting in the way, that we are able to then understand how we can improve their operations, how we can remove ourselves uh, and are the hurdles we create for them from the picture. Uh, I also really believe in spending smartly. I was the only no vote on a tax increase this year in Shanhassen uh, because I, I know that when we reach into families' wallets and take out money, that they have to tighten their belt. They have to figure out how to make their budget work. And I expect us to do the same before we do that. And I didn't see any spending cut uh, recommendations, and so I wasn't comfortable voting for that. And then, you know, I also want to protect their constitutional rights. That's really important to me. And one thing I'm really passionate about is the Second Amendment. That helps guarantee all the other amendments, in my opinion. And and not a lot of people have 
had explained it this way, but it is a women's issue. The Second Amendment is a women's rights issue. When women are threatened, they have stalkers or need to get their hands on guns or firearms quickly, the Second Amendment is the only real means they have of protecting themselves. I know Joe Biden has suggested some some crazy ideas for how women can protect themselves in those situations, but really the Second Amendment is the only way that women can truly protect themselves uh, in those types of situations. And in everything I do uh, down at the legislature, I plan on fighting for families. You know, I'm in the midst of it right now. I'm in that that phase of life where you are growing a family. You're trying to figure out how to put your kid into good schools, make your family budget work. What kind of roads are you driving them? You're the most precious cargo you'll ever drive with on. And I'm in the midst of it. I'm in the throes of it with this uh, many Minnesotans. And so making sure that before I vote for anything, I think about how it's going to affect the Minnesota and the Carver County family. That's what they can expect from me out of state senators to really be thoughtful about those issues and fight for those issues. Julia Coleman, can we keep you for one more uh, short segment here? I got a few questions. Also, want to Absolutely. throw the phones. Absolutely, excellent. We're talking with Julia Coleman, uh, city councilman from Chanhassen, running for the Republican Party endorsement in Senate District Forty Seven uh, to run uh, to try and retain. Uh, the uh, the the Scott Jensen seat in what is going to be a interesting uh, race. So we'll talk with Julia in a moment. When we come back and we'll take your questions at six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That's uh, or you can join us on Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's N A R N Show. Northern Alliance Radio Network AM twelve A. The Patriot Go Nowhere. We'll be right back. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why? Or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. Varicose and spider veins. Wow, what a gift from my parents. They had them and I got them. And not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and I really hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? I was done. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The procedure took about an hour and I was right back to work. The staff made me feel so comfortable and the results, well, even my husband noticed. Vein Clinics of America has been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced in the U.S. Look, I've been doing the commercials for vein clinics for years because I really believe in them, and you can trust them too. So stop hiding your legs. Vein Clinics of America accepts most major insurance plans. So call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800 606 10, 10. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. 
Smoked turkey pulled and tender, sauce to delight. 2141 Cliff Road in Egan and at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. If you have questions or comments, observations, concerns, whatever, for Julia Coleman, who's running for the state Senate in District 47. Hey, don't forget, with Patriot half-off deals, you can save 50% or more on great products and services in the Twin Cities right now. You can get half-off on uh, Mathnasium. Get a full assessment and six-month enrollment in the Power Math Workout Program. Just go to am1280thepatriot.com and click the half-off deals icon or call 651-405-8800. That's 651-405-8800. So we're talking with Julia Coleman, who is running for first the Republican Party nomination uh, in Senate District 47, and then up against a formidable and well-funded Democrat opponent, we can only assume, uh, for that same seat uh, come this, this coming November. Uh, Julia, how can people find out more about you, your campaign, and, uh, and, and how to help out if they're so inclined? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is colemanforsenate.com. You can learn more how to get involved, and there's also an option to donate uh, on that page, and then it's uh, Julia Coleman for State Senate on Facebook. If you want to follow me, or Julia E. Coleman on Twitter, and I'll post a link at Shot in the Dark that info when I get a few minutes to spare here uh, later on in the broadcast. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll get that out there for people who don't uh, retain uh, websites as well as the as, as as some of us learn to do. At any rate, uh, let's go to the phones. Mark uh, has a question for Julia. You are live on the air. It's a great show, and it's an honor to talk to you, Mrs. Coleman. Just real quick, I have my own opinion on a contributing factor, the complete wipeout of Republicans from Minneapolis and St. Paul, all the entering suburbs, and now the encroachment on the exurbs. You uh, then, Professor Meyer Norfield, and members of the Met Council have characterized people as racist who oppose low-income, multi-unit housing and public transportation because a higher percentage of minorities use them. My question to you, Ms. Coleman, is it racist to oppose low-income, multi-unit housing and public transportation? And I'll hang up and listen. Uh, Julia Coleman, go right ahead. Yeah, I think that Republicans are often portrayed by the liberal media with one brushstroke. And a big reason that I'm excited about this campaign and why a lot of people are excited to support me is uh, when I get to the state legislature, you know, good luck painting me with that brushstroke. I think I break just about uh, everything that they try to to paint Republicans as um, being a young professional millennial woman who supports gun rights and supports life and, and smaller taxes and those kind of issues. Uh, it is not racist to say, what is this going to do to my community? How is this going to impact our uh, home value? How is this going to impact renters' rates? Is subsidizing housing going to make it more expensive for everyone else? And, and public transit, you know, I'm I'm for Southwest Transit. I support that. Do I support light rail coming out to Eden Prairie and even Chanhassen? If we don't have the population density to support it, no, I don't. And I don't think that makes me racist to want to stick up for my community. Actually, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And by the way, I got into a little tussle last week uh, on social media with a, let's just say, retired uh, journalist who referred to the Center of the American Experiment as the Klan robe crowd for opposing the Met Council's housing policies. Which, by the way, I mean, that's going to be a subject later on in the broadcast here today, how the free market actually solves the affordable pro- housing problem. And we know it's because it's, it's how it's working in Japan. Uh, more on that later on in the broadcast. But uh, you, you mentioned, you, however, that you are a millennial woman uh, professional uh, who is a, <laughs> identifies and, and votes and lives as, as a political conservative, uh, perhaps with some libertarian streak in it as well, which I'm right with you there. Uh, but you also <laughs> run afoul of, of one of Berg's laws, Berg's eighth law of diversity, which says American liberalism's reaction to one of, quote, their constituents, women, gays, people of color, running for office or otherwise identifying as a conservative is pretty much a sociopathic disorder. You, you, I, I, maybe it's not as crazy out in Chanhassen, but you've lived in, in the inner Twin Cities. You've seen the way that the machine reacts to African-Americans, to Latinos, to women identifying and voting and, and, and campaigning as Republicans. 
you've you've certainly run into that in your career, Julia. Absolutely, I have, and I experienced. You know, I've been kicked off college campuses more than I can uh, tell you, more than I can count, uh, just for trying to get young people into conservative causes, for women to get into conservative causes, and if the left thinks that by name calling me, I'm going to be scared. Uh, <laughs> they've got another thing coming to them. I've, I've got too much on the line for for their tactics to work on me. Uh, you know, with their Saul Alinsky as tactic, it's just not going to work. And I, I think that, you know, a lot of my age group and a lot of women, they are Republicans. I think Trump hit the nail on the head with the silent majority. And a lot are Republicans, but they don't know it yet. They've been fed one idea and image of what Republicans are, what we believe in. And we haven't done the best job of reaching out to them and saying, no, this is what we are. This is what we believe in. Don't listen to the media. Turn off CNN and, and have an actual conversation with me. And I think that goes a long way. I would like to start getting people who maybe haven't realized that they're Republicans yet to start taking a different look at our party. And for people who are too, you know, concerned about how it's going to affect their job or their relationship with their neighbors or their peers to come out of the conservative closet and say, I'm a Republican. Uh, I'm excited to be their voice for them. Let's uh, go to the phones in Maplewood. Mike, you are on the air with Julia Coleman. Go right ahead. Oh, good afternoon. Um, I had a question concerning the the hiring of the the person, the woman that was fired from the Department of Human Services uh, for the state of Minnesota, uh, she ran from 2013 to 18 or so. She's now been hired as the Ramsey County to do the same position for Ramsey County. It was just like a tiny little blurb in the paper. And I guess my question is, how do we kind of get a handle? I mean, I just don't get it. If she did, the whole department is out of whack. The Parts of their budget, 50% like child care, are just complete fraud, according to the state auditor. And she's now just moved on to a probably a similar paid position, you know, running a whole county. Excellent question, Mike. Thank you for your call. I, I, we've had our, our mutual friend Mary Franzen on the show a number of times talking about the, the constant Sisyphean battle to try and make a dent on the culture of corruption in the state bureaucracy, especially Health and Human Services. I believe Mike's referring to Carolyn Hamm, who basically can check out any time she likes, but she can never leave state government. She can't be gotten out of there. She's bulletproof. She's like Iron Man uh, in a bureaucratic sense. Uh, any any point of view on tackling the culture of corruption in the DFL-run state bureaucracy, Julia Coleman? Yeah, absolutely. And, Mike, uh, I'm from Maplewood, so keep up the good fight out there for me. I, I, I appreciate you calling in, and I think – Obviously, one, DHS has to have more accountability with a budget of that size. If we're wasting millions of taxpayer dollars, someone needs to be held accountable and they need to answer to the legislature. Uh, And I think that you can split them up and create more um, supervisory roles without growing government. Uh, They have enough staff to do that, but the staff needs to be answering to the state legislature. I think that's key right there. And then I also think the other part is keep shedding a light on this. I know there's Facebook pages about Ms. Ham and her performance or lack thereof (laughs) and keep, you know, up with conservative news. Uh, They're the ones that are going to be watchdogs for this. Uh, That's a big reason why I helped found out some news was to to make sure there are watchdogs on these, these issues. And so keep up, keep making us think about it. Keep calling your legislators and, and elect people like me who want to be shedding a light on this, who are going to say enough is enough and try to drain that swamp. So, Julia Coleman, one more time, you're, you're running, first of all, for the uh, the nomination to, to run to replace Scott Jensen, who, it should be pointed out, is a Republican, but certainly ran a little bit to the center, certainly uh, earned the ire of the Second Amendment community for being, at least for one session, pretty soft on the issue, softer than, than we would like to see. Uh, anyway, what kind of help do you need to run a race like this? I mean, especially for potential volunteers and donors in the greater Chanhassen area. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the two things they say we need are donors and delegates. Elections are expensive. We've been doing a great job with fundraising. But if we want to start reaching this age group, we want to get more people into the party. Every dollar that goes towards my campaign goes towards that cause, getting more people into the party and getting our message out there. So that's key. And you can go to Coleman for Senate.com to do that. And if you live in the district, 
and you are either a delegate or you're interested in becoming a delegate, my website also has information about how to caucus for Coleman because it's who shows up decides who their next state senator is going to be, or at least who's going to be on that ballot. And that's really important. And I would be honored to have your support to say, I believe in Julia, her vision for Minnesota, Carver County, and the Republican Party, and to send me to the legislature so we can make that vision happen together. Absolutely. Julia Coleman, thanks for joining us today. I will post a link to uh, Coleman for Senate at shotinthedark.info shortly here. Thank you very much. Uh, Hug that baby for us and have a great day. Thanks. You too, man. Thanks a lot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. What, the fun is technically three quarters over and yet just beginning. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. With the cold weather upon us, it's time to look at the bright side of winter for homeowners. Did you know this is the best time of year to get quotes on window replacements? Contractors are very motivated during the slower time of year, and the prices reflect that. It's also the perfect time to examine your windows with a heat gun to see which ones are the worst if you only want to replace a few. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. As you may already know, this is the only free service of its kind. I'll stop by with the heat gun when we measure your windows, and I'll email you competitive installed window quotes from multiple local contractors. Whether you're looking for major brands like Anderson and Marvin or local Minnesota vinyl brands, we'll come up with the best options for your house during our one-hour meeting. Normally, you would need to sit through nine hours of high-pressure dog and pony shows to get that many quotes. Let me do the legwork for you since I know where to get the best quality at the best prices. If you decide to move forward, I'll be there to write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, installs are done all winter long. Set up an appointment online at My3Quotes. That's the number three, My3Quotes. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing don't wait another day take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print you've already written a book so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to dorns publishing and get your free guide to publishing call right now 800-482-8399 800-482-8399 that's 800-482-8399 This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. It turns out Nancy Pelosi was right on one thing. The Democrats should not have pursued impeachment in an election year. Now President Trump has won on both the law and the politics of the impeachment battle. The 2020 election will again be about turning out a candidate's base rather than winning the middle. Trump especially has devoted himself fully to turning out and winning his base. Meanwhile, the Democrats, split between progressives and moderates, are still looking for their base. Without question, the Democrats' move to impeach the president has stirred up Trump's base more than theirs. The Trump team successfully argued that the relatively weak impeachment case brought in an election year was in effect an effort to take away the people's vote. On the heels of impeachment, the president's approval rating is up. Democrats now pay a high price for their political miscalculation. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders in politics and policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. By the way, we're here on the 1280, which has gone 20 years now of dominating Twin Cities Radio as as the only continuously conservative station the whole time through. We're here, we're in the arena, that's what we're doing. Anyway, we know meaningful conversation is important to you, that's why... You listen to us all the time. Most of you do. I mean, the listenership at this station is so constant. It amazes us. Anyway, we also think you'll enjoy our brand new sister station, Freedom 1570. Tune in. You can hear the right perspective on today's news on another station. There's the format so nice, we run it twice. You can hear from respected hosts like Dana Lash, yeah, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, and much more. They're also online at freedom1570.com, which is the perfect companion 
to the Patriot. I mean, something comes along you're not crazy about, flip it to the 1570 and then flip it right back. Either way, it's the radio you want to hear, the opinion you need to hear, the news, let's be frank, in some cases the journalism that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Um, you're going to hear well, more on that in a moment here. Uh, we, we kicked off the show today talking about the about the issues that are going on in the Metro Transit. Uh, we're told Bob from Shoreview is a Metro Transit driver. Bob, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, yes, uh, I started uh, driving for Metro Transit as a bus driver in uh, 1988, and I just retired last year. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's why I call in your your radio station a lot. I sit at the end of the line on my break listening to the radio, and, mm-hmm. you know, I got free, free time to call in. But I just wanted to make a point about public transit, how vital it is to the economy of a big metropolitan area. Um, And this is not to contradict you. This is to supplement, you know, to add additional information. Understood. Um, People getting to work, it's absolutely vital because if they can't get to work and a lot of them don't have have cars, then not only do they uh, have to rely on welfare, they have to rely on their neighbors to support them, you know, through tax dollars, but they also don't pay taxes. So you got a double whammy there that negatively impacts the local economy. So, I mean, I just wanted to add that uh, point because it wasn't being mentioned at all. That's true. And conservatives do tend to lean hard against uh, public transit, where, in fact, it is it is a public good that does uh, especially in densely populated areas, which tend to be on the expensive side, it does, it does it serves a useful purpose. And we thank you for that, Bob. Uh, so, uh, by the way, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight, the number to call. Uh, it was interesting to note, though, since we're in a metro area that has been dominated by the high. Uh, high density policies driven down from above by the Met Council, which has basically made it very, much more difficult for people to move out to the exurbs like Julia Coleman's Chanhassen. Uh, it's with an aim towards driving people to the core metro area and creating really, in effect, a friend of mine who's uh, in, in, into urbanism referred to as a third downtown in uh, downtown in, uh, in the Midway. Uh, those lines of condos and uh, development that they've been building east of the University of Minnesota along University Avenue. And even as they ramp up the construction of these these condominiums and apartment blocks uh, all up and down University Avenue and cranking up the the, the density of the area to a, a point where driving a car is being made intentionally difficult uh, in some of this, for example, I, there was a grocery store that went in, part of a national chain of uh, organic groceries that is right by the Prospect Park uh, Green Line station, and that was a fairly convenient place for me to stop for groceries when I was taking the, the train back and forth to work every day. And I, uh, I used to, you know, stop by there, uh, had it timed out where I could get through there in twenty minutes and catch my next train home without having to wait around on a cold platform for too long. And if I timed it just right catch my connecting bus, drop her off in front of my house. I had it worked down to a science for a while there. Then I tried to drive to this grocery store, which is part of a national chain. I won't name them until they pay me to do it. But uh, it's a chain I enjoy shopping at, small stores with uh, good produce and generally okay prices compared to some of the bigger, uh, to some of the other uh, more boutique brands. Anyway, and this area of, Minneapolis. It's still just inside Minneapolis, down the on University in Washington, where those two streets come together, on the eastern edge of the U of M, has gotten so high density. This is around the Surly Brewing Company, where uh, old commercial storefronts and light industrial uh, areas and disused university buildings are being torn down to make way for blocks and blocks of three-story apartments, and they're all stick-and-block apartments, you know, balloon frame construction, uh, the, the sort of architecture that you're seeing all over the place for this sort of relatively inexpensive, high-density uh, apartment buildings. Very, very cheap to build, because it has to be cheap to build to, because the land is so expensive in, in the cities now because of the high-density policies. They're artificially jacking up demand for the land, so you got to cut corners someplace, and that corner that gets cut is construction costs. It's wood frame, balloon frame, stick housing, 
driven up to three three stories, sometimes up to seven stories tall. And as a result, and they, by the way, they, they usually put some form of underground parking. So people aren't being driven away from their cars so much as given places to hide them uh, out of the winter weather, which is fine. Uh, believe me, I would not live in one of those places without some kind of underground parking. One of the few benefits to living in one of them. But what it's done is increased the population density so that the traffic is intentionally unpleasantly dense, unpleasantly heavy. And, and that's fully intentional. They want to make people take transit in and out of these neighborhoods instead of drive cars. And so the parking lot is small. It's almost always completely full by beside this grocery store. And taking mass transit is pretty much the only way to get there and to pretty much everything else along this stretch of road. Because, of course, the Green Line tore up so much parking and the com- uh, the commerce that is down there, because it's kind of a hot place to be right now, is uh, incredibly scarce and on a bad day, kind of nightmarish uh, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. And so to the point where, yeah, I'm just going to keep driving to Roseville for my groceries. <laughs> or who knows, maybe even down to the, the Cub on University. You never know. It could happen. Every once in a while, I need a little bit of adventure. Anyway, it's high-density housing combined with a, a clamping down on real estate development outside the core metro area where people have been moving to find lower-density housing and yards and elbow room and and jobs – uh, has led to a hike, uh, a stampede to the top in terms of prices. Because, of course, when land prices are expensive and construction is expensive because of the zoning and the code enforcement in St. Paul and Minneapolis, which requires a very high level of of overbuilding in, ter- in terms of safety, fire protection, so forth. Not, not that it's something you don't want, but it's expensive. It just is. I, I learned some of this working on a Habitat for Humanity project a few years ago, how how expensive it is to build a cheap-looking house these days. And, and so this has driven the cost of rent through the roof in the Twin Cities metro area. And it, I mean, it, the, the idea of affordable housing is, is of course, a perennial, constant DFL chanting point to, to create this need for, quote, affordable housing. Uh, in a market where the prices have been driven up almost entirely by government action. And I say this to my, quote, progressive, end quote, acquaintances and liberal friends, and they say, well, that's just the price you pay for living in a city. I mean, high-density housing is is supply and demand. And in, in a sense, that's true. I mean, for the moment, people are demanding. There is a demand for this expensive housing. And when I say expensive, we're talking one bedroom apartments uh, going for what f- uh, twelve to fourteen fifteen hundred bucks uh, bucks a month, and north of there, and two bedroom apartments you're talking you know eighteen hundred to twenty two hundred dollars a month for some of these quote luxury apartments end quote that are getting built up and down the uh, up and down University Avenue at least close to the U of M, uh, less so far the farther east you go. But again, they're trying to build some of these high density. Uh, complexes. I think there's one on University at Hamlin that may be one of the least inviting places to think about having an apartment anywhere out there. Uh, but it's there. It's got some retail on the ground floor. It does not have underground parking. It's got a lot out back, which looks pretty miserable. And yeah, you're right next to the train 24-7 and right across from the BP station that's been kind of a center for hoodlumism and, and thuggery for the last year or so. Uh not exactly a great selling point. Anyway, high density housing, as practiced by socialist interventions like the Met Council, is going to be expensive. It's going to drive rates up uh, be- intentionally because you're constricting the supply. You're forcing up the price through uh, excessive regulation, some of it good, some of it not. And you're basically forcing people to build up because they can't build out or move out anymore. Well, that's just the way it is in big cities, right? Especially in in metropolitan areas with high densities like the Twin Cities, right? Not necessarily. Uh, A couple of good articles came out this past week, one in the Wall Street Journal, one in uh, Advocates for Self-Government by a fellow named Jose Nino, uh, 
entitled Japan Gives Us a Few Lessons on Affordable Housing, uh, points out Japan is leading the way on affordable housing. Anthony Breach of the Center for Cities did a report on Japan and its housing policies. The British-based think tank found that Japan still maintains affordable housing despite its robust economic growth and, it needs to be said, incredibly high population density. London's average rent is around 2,000 euros a month. That's probably about $2,100. On the other hand, average rent in Tokyo is about 1,300 euros. Thirteen fifty, fourteen hundred dollars. How such a large city like Tokyo maintains relatively affordable housing isn't necessarily because it has more public housing, uh, nor because the population is shrinking. For example, public housing in Japan is less than five percent of the housing. Well, in Japan, it's something like seventeen percent right now. Japan's population isn't shrinking. Tokyo's population is still growing due to migrants coming from other parts of Japan and elsewhere in the world. Center for Cities article notes that, however. Tokyo has taken a more hands-off approach to how housing is built. It's left housing to the free market. The Japanese know something that apparently our new urbanists don't. Free market is what gives you affordable housing. Not governments say, make it affordable now, but fill out this checklist of requirements. Much more when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session. Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. February is Heart Health Month. Give your heart the attention it deserves with Quantum Nutrition Lab's three featured supplements formulated to support healthy blood pressure, healthy blood sugar, and circulation. Each are buy two, get the third one free. And be sure to get your free copy of the Biofield Diet. Now is the time to commit to making your heart health a priority year-round. Call 888-588-7578. That's 888-588-7578. Or visit us online at qnlabs.com. That's qnlabs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, Ph.D., host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join. So visit am1280thepatriot.com today. AM 1280, The Patriot. 
Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. If you had questions or comments, you can also join me on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. By the way, it's been a big week for anniversaries, a lot of them. Obviously, February 2nd, Groundhog Day, was the birthday of my late grandma, who would be 116 if she were still alive today. Uh, she passed away 40 years ago, but uh, still with me in my heart. Uh, February 4th, of course, the birthday of my youngest child, who uh, is the father of my granddaughter. So happy birthday there as well. February 5th, the birthday of my blog, shotinthedark.info. That's right. I've been writing that blog pretty much five mornings a week, sometimes more, for 18 years. <laughs> my blog is literally old enough to uh, vote join the military, sign a contract, uh, have complete agency. So hope, uh, hopefully it starts earning some money here pretty soon. Anyway, that's uh, the, the birthday of the blog. Oh, boy, we're not done yet. No, sir. Of course, February 5th. Actually, February 5th is the birthday of my blog. Huh? Sorry. February 6th, Ronald Reagan's birthday. Uh, he would be, I believe, if I'm doing the math correctly in my head here, would be 107 if he were alive today. Roughly the same as, uh, I think he was born right about the same time as my other grandparents on my mother's side. So about the same age. So that that's uh, a lot of birthdays and anniversaries this past week. Of course, the... Uh, also, the uh, the uh, the impeachment uh, ran ran afoul. The State of the Union address, which I did not watch, but is apparently uh, well worth watching if you like a good speech. As Ben Shapiro said, I think very correctly, if only the president would go on and act like this the rest of his uh, the rest of this year. If he if he would continue to behave as he behaved during that State of the Union address, a very statesmanlike, very well measured, at times brilliant performance. He'd win 55% of the vote. And then Ben Shapiro says he comes out the next day and and uh, does on the podium what people do on the green line and, and on from there. And, and I couldn't agree more. Ben Shapiro nailed that one at any rate. Uh, so it, it was a big week anyway. And uh, looking forward to another big week next week. Stick around for that. Anyway, uh, Ilhan Omar took to Twitter last week and basically exposed the inner id of pretty much every well-meaning progressive. And when we say well-meaning, I mean, that's the heads of that, the head side of that coin is well-meaning person. The flip side is, is useful idiot. You'd be the judge. Ilhan Omar in a, in a flight of uh, campaign uh, rhetoric, essentially. I mean, let's be honest, Ilhan Omar can say and do anything she wants because she's in the fifth congressional district and she'll never be questioned on anything by her party, much less the media in this town. But, she tweeted uh, on uh, this past Thursday, quote, imagine what it would do for our country. And this is, by the way, in response to someone who's working to cancel all student debt and make higher education. And I quote, tuition free for all uh, writer for Alternet, which is a left wing website. Uh, Ilhan Omar replied, quote, imagine what it would do for our country. And those who live here, if we were to take the ethos behind the original GI Bill and apply it to everyone canceling all student debt and making public colleges, universities, and vocational schools tuition-free. Woohoo! Well, let's imagine what the ethos of the original GI Bill uh, was not to make tuition-free for everyone. It was to pay back the people who had spent four of the best years of their lives, sometimes more, saving Western civilization. A Western civilization, by the way, that Ilhan Omar, for which Ilhan Omar would seem to hold complete contempt, judging by some of her other statements. But uh, let's focus here, Mitch. Uh, the GI Bill was not free tuition for all. This was free tuition for the roughly 12 million Americans, not even free tuition. It was it was a it was a hand up for the roughly 12 million Americans. That's to say just shy of 8% of the entire population that interrupted their lives for years at a risk to their own lives, by the way, that would completely melt down Americans, especially Democrats today. 400,000 of them, 12 million served in the military out of 160 million Americans. Uh, by the way, that's half the population that we have today. 
So if you imagine 24 million Americans picking up and interrupting their lives for two to five years, that's sort of the scale of what happened back then. And 400,000 of them died. And they died in numbers that uh, and, and in concentrations that an America that was rocked on its heels by 50,000 dead in 10 years during the Vietnam War and has undergone a justifiable soul-searching over 5,000 combat deaths in 18 years in the war on terror. In other words, a fairly low pace of carnage in both of those wars compared to World War II, where 100,000 Americans a year on average were being killed in action in one one way or another. Whole ships full, entire army units getting chewed up in combat. This was the ethos of the GI Bill. You took a couple of years off from Western civil to save Western civilization. Here's a little hand in getting your civilian life started. That was the ethos of the GI Bill, and I don't think Ilhan Omar is so stupid she doesn't know that. I think she is plenty smart, but she's a progressive. So. Canceling all student debt, making public colleges, universities, and to, uh, vocational schools tuition-free isn't the ethos of the GI Bill. It's basically turning education into yet another government-issued commodity, an entitlement program. It's not the ethos of the GI Bill. It's the ethos of Medicare. It's the ethos of uh, of entitlement programs, uh, <laughs> everything from the Farm Bill to Medicaid to Obamacare to single-payer health care, and, and it, it, it can't help but further debase what is already a decaying, collapsing education system. But I thought, why would we stop there? Instead of making college free, I mean, that discriminates against people who can't or don't want to actually go to class or at least sign up for classes and and. Since they're free, it doesn't matter if they never go. <laughs> I mean, why bother? But so, so for why discriminate against them? Why not just cut to the chase and give everyone a degree? In fact, make it a PhD from Harvard. That'll make everyone equal. That that'll see to the equity that that is progressivism's goal. Make everyone a congressperson while we're at it. Then we'll all have power. See how this works? Thanks for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. Varicose and spider veins. Wow, what a gift from my parents. They had them and I got them. And not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and I really hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? I was done. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The procedure took about an hour and I was right back to work. The staff made me feel so comfortable and the results, well, even my husband noticed. Vein Clinics of America has been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced in the U.S. Look, I've been doing the commercials for vein clinics for years because I really believe in them, and you can trust them too. So stop hiding your legs. Vein Clinics of America accepts most major insurance plans. So call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800-606-1010. 
If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue, and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. AM 1280, The Patriot.